0: hey everyone welcome to the slice of healthcare podcast i'm your host jared taylor today i'm joined by dr eden brown the clinical director at meditella how are you today
1: i'm well how are you today
0: i'm doing excellent i'm excited for us to chat we are in the new studio. The microphone works. It's going to be a good day.
1: It is going to be a good day. Your new studio looks fantastic.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I um, I, I think I need to to get better looking with how good the lighting is in here is. It's it's uh. Um, was like, I came in here and I'm like, wow, this is like really bright. Uh, but <laughs> um, I digress. Super excited to chat with you today. Let's dive right into it. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about your background and your role.
1: Absolutely. So I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. Um, and I, I really, I specialize in working with trauma and in working with um, health and medical issues. And so that's that's part of how I I segwayed into to working at Care with our um, nursing home resident population.
0: And you've been practicing for about 12 years now? I've been right? for about 12 years. longer than
1: that. Um, I, I originally, I started at the VA hospital in Washington DC with a background in, in combat trauma and then I was in private practice for a long time. Um, and now I've been with MetaTelicare for over five years.
0: And they're and they're lucky to have you. Well, I, I'm, I'm um, lucky to have them as well. <laughs> well, we, you know, for for the audience, um, our audience should be pretty well aware of Meditella We've had you know members of your team on a couple times. We've had uh, we've had Ed on, um, I believe. We've we've had a couple of people from Meditella which has been great. And then I always run into people from the company at, at conferences. But uh, for today's conversation, we're going to talk a little bit about. Uh, the challenges that uh, COVID brought um, over the last like two years, and then we're going to dive into a little bit on telehealth uh, as it relates to mental health. So, uh, first thing I want to kind of bring up here today with you was what were some of the challenges that older adults faced during the COVID pandemic?
1: The, the impacts were really profound, and and I I think if you don't if you don't have friends or family who are in a in a facility or you don't work with that population, that there's kind of been an underestimation of the of the impact. This population in particular was affected so, so, so deeply. In in a given year during flu season, um, residents might have been quarantined for one or two weeks. And those one or two weeks were really stressful for them. During this, you know, two plus years of COVID, they have gone through months of quarantine, and, and that means not leaving their rooms, no communal meals, no family visits, no activities, no going outside, uh, and, and when you start to kind of think about the, the limitations um, and the impact, it it just plays out in kind of every aspect of their lives.
0: And- I guess how how did these challenges affect physical and mental health of the residents of of some of these um, uh, older patients?
1: Absolutely. So physically, if you think about again, you know these these are often individuals who are limited in terms of what they can do physically. Perhaps they're there for, for skilled nursing, that they're just going to be there for rehab, and then the goal is to return home. But when you are then confined to your room, that the simple act of being able to walk in a hallway or go to, you know, go to the PT area and and work with with therapy. Um, that those things were so limited and, and PT and OT did an amazing job and they would do as what they could kind of bedside. Um, but physically you would see this this really kind of painful decline for people because they simply could not engage in, in what were normal activities for them prior to COVID. And then you know, on the the kind of motion, emotional mental health side, we saw a really significant increase in depression, anxiety, particularly at the beginning of of the COVID epidemic, um, where there was so much unknown. There was so much fear, um, again, you know, kind of a, a most vulnerable population, pre-vaccination. Um, there, there really was fear every time someone came into their room, You know, does this person have COVID? Am I going to get infected? Um, And then just the the isolation and disconnection really increased depression. And and for those residents who have cognitive challenges to begin with, disruption to their normal routine. And again, kind of disconnection from friends and family. Really, it would increase confusion and kind of disorientation. You know, if you have a resident who has some level of dementia and his wife, you know, the routine was that she came for lunch every day and then you have three months where he can't see her at all, you start to kind of think about the impact that that has on, again, emotionally, cognitively, um, and and just that, you know, am I going to see her again? What's happening? Where is she? And when you can't, when you can't form memories, when you can't store new memories, all of that's even more unsettling and confusing.
0: Now, we we all know that there's a lot of potential benefits of relying on telehealth services when it, when it comes to um, communicating with older residents. Can you talk us through some of the drawbacks, and this is an interesting question, right? Because we always talk about the pros of everything. but there's there's always some cons to it, right? And that's totally fine. That's that's how we continue to improve it.
1: Of course, and that's the only way to to solve some of those issues the the first obvious one is is that not everyone has access to the technology. Um, as is almost always the case, it's it's those individuals who have, you know, less in terms of means that have less access to kind of everything. And so, for our residents who already had smartphones or tablets or computers, um, they were more comfortable with the technology, more able to engage. Um, for those that don't have have you know, those resources, those need to be supplied to them. Um, one, of the, one of the things that we do at Meta Telecare is we never our, our residents never have to navigate the technology on their own. So there's either a a CSS who works for our company, who helps them with the technology side, or there's a staff person at the facility, you know, because certainly for someone who has, you know, visual impairments or hearing impairments, asking them to be able to then navigate, you know, technology and set things up. And when there are, you know, internet issues, which unfortunately just happen, um, you know, that that we never want that to be an additional stressor for them. So for, for older adults, um, again, who, who may still be in their home but don't have don't have access to to internet, don't have access to technology. Those are challenges, and and with this population, it's definitely harder on a smartphone. Just that that smaller image. If you already are having you know kind of visual impairment, um, you know a smaller screen is not ideal. So those are those are some of the challenges that have been there. Um, and then there right there's the obvious of of making sure that there is good quality speaker? Um, do they need headphones so that they can really have additional access? Um, if, if, you know, do there, does there need to be some closed captioning there for those that really are, you know, hearing impaired?
0: Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting too because there's definitely a lot of um, uh, other, I guess there's some intriguing drawbacks there that other areas of telehealth would never see right you're dealing with older adult residents the caption piece maybe they don't see well so maybe there's a bigger font uh maybe they don't hear as well so the the like you were saying with the speakers the volume needs to be louder so um it's interesting how we look at the different age groups that would be using telehealth and how the drawbacks differ based on that age um so very interesting now, uh, my my question to you, Doctor Brown, uh, as, as we kind of wrap up here, is what does the future of virtual telehealth services look like? Um, and then I have a part two to that. In your opinion, do you foresee higher adoption of uh, virtual telehealth uh, services moving forward?
1: Um, absolutely, and I will happily address both both of this. Um, I I think the future of telehealth services. Looks like an evolution of what's been happening now. So I, I think, particularly as you know, high-speed internet rolls out into into kind of greater parts of the country, because you know there, there's the rural populations nationwide are incredibly underserved, um, and so that that becomes an issue. So I think as as high-speed internet rolls out, that's going to give greater access and greater access without some of the the interfering factors. Um, that that still currently you know happen in more rural areas. Um, I think virtual reality is going to be a, an kind of an increasing player in this. There's some really interesting research, and we're we're about to kind of dip our our toe into using virtual reality with this population. There's some really interesting um, potential with individuals with cognitive impairment, and and really working to kind of include that as an additional part of treatment and support for our facilities. Um, and then again as as the cost of tablets, as the cost of those things decreases, it allows more access to more individuals. Um, I I will say as a kind of two little quick asides. Um, one of the things that, that I would I would joke but it's true that throughout the pandemic This was the only unmasked face that my residents saw. Um, Everybody in their world was in PPE. And so the ability to actually see one another face-to-face, even on a screen, kind of in the worst of the pandemic in particular, was really normalizing for them, Um, you know, to see somebody's nose and mouth. (laughs) But, uh, you know, and I I think we've all become more aware of, of that as we've had to mask up. Um, so that's that's been kind of an interesting piece. And then I absolutely love when my residents will say to me, you know, my grandson wanted to zoom with me and I told him I know how to do that. I do that with my doctor um, so that it it kind of increases their ability to use this technology beyond the telehealth setting that they become comfortable being being able to connect with friends and family um, in this way and, and to feel more connected, even though they may be physically isolated.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, um, but, you know, I'll even see people sometimes take video calls while still wearing uh, a mask when there's no one, they're like oh. in their office door closed. Um, so it's nice that, that you didn't do that. Um, Cause like, I remember I was on a Delta flight recently this isn't a, eh, it kind of is a shot at Delta maybe. Uh, but basically uh, they're showing us the training video and all of their training videos are filmed with people with masks, but they're individual, like they're not even near people. And it's, you forget because we were, we were wearing, we we had to wear masks for so long all the time. It's really weird watching a video with someone and not being able to like, especially if you're hard at hearing reading Absolutely. lips is so, so important. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Um, and it it was normal. It was uh, you know, it, we went for a while with it all the time. Now I'm not, I'm not knocking masks or anything like that, but when it comes to the, when we're doing these video communications, like that's the time that we don't Absolutely. need the mask. Um, so it's important to to take the approach that you did, brighten up their day, show them that uh people people yes, have a mouth right. ha-
1: have a nose and and, mouth. Uh, we, yeah. and and particularly at the beginning of the pandemic they there would be for some again those that have some you know some level of cognitive impairment some confusion like can i take my mask down with you like yes right this is safe communication or, or when you know somebody would be COVID positive like well i don't want to get you sick like you right you you can't right this is this is a safe way for you to talk to me you know you're not going to get me sick i'm right you're on a screen. I'm on a screen. It's okay, um, and just kind of having having that that normalizing, so that people can make decisions, you know, about okay, yes, I can, you know, I can lower my mask. This is safe communication, you know. No, now I now I need to put it back up. Um, but you know, it's it's been a bizarre couple of years.
0: It would have been funny for me at the time to just shave where the mask was. And then wear the mask and see. I could have right. fooled Nobody everyone. Dr. Brown. It, w- <laughs> it would have looked ridiculous when I do the Zoom calls, but it it, it would have fooled absolutely. everyone. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, uh, Doctor Brown, I, I want to thank you so much for for coming on the podcast once again and sharing your thoughts on on everything. And uh, hopefully, we can have uh, you come we'll back we- on again. And uh,
1: thank you so much. I enjoyed so much. talking with you.